Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Swearing Will Help. I'm your host Katerina and I just want to take a quick second. Uh, I really need to thank everybody for so much overwhelming support and love for the show. Um, it really means a lot. So thank you for reaching out and saying congratulations or I liked that episode or way to go and all the nice messages you've been sending me. It is so sweet. Uh, today on the show I've got my dear, dear friend Rebecca Jorge Horvey. Um, so she has been a dancer and a performer ever since grade two. And for the past like 10 years or so, she's been making a career out of that, uh, touring across Canada and the U S and working in Toronto. Um, obviously that came to a quick halt when COVID happened. So, uh, she takes us on her journey as to what that was like, um, what it took to get there. And then like what it looks like now, um, if you're a dancer, you are totally going to, love this episode. Even if you're not a dancer though, it's still a great conversation and a good, you know, like inside scoop on what it's like to try and make it as a performer, as a career. Um, I was really happy to have her on. I think you're all going to like it. And uh, here we go. Here's Rebecca. Okay. So you just finished dance. I just finished dance. I finished a dance class. And did you also warm up your voice in preparation for this? (laughs) No, but I will now. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like a couple verses of your hit single, Baby Raccoon, please. (gasps) Baby Raccoon. Yeah, that's a good one. That's like one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I wanted to do this whole episode just about like dancing and performing and especially what that looks like right now Mm -hmm. Uh, because you have taken your, if you will, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent across the country to perform and dance. And I think it's going to be super fun to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. Do Do you remember why you were even put in dance as a kid? I'm not sure. I mean, I must have started in grade two, I want to say. So, I mean, I know I was always dancing around and coming up with like plays and doing that kind of stuff when I was growing up. But my mom put me and my sister in at the same time, I guess maybe just for something to do after school. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then because I met you once we were in grade five at Karen yeah. Luba School of Dance. So were you with them beforehand and then you just joined our class or were you brand new to the studio? No, I started with Karen Luba. I did like a tap jazz combo class and um, on like Wednesday nights or something. I started in grade two and that was recreational. Oh. And then when I was in grade five, I got moved into the competitive group. Yeah, the performing group. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, and one of our very first dances was a tap dance to the song Five Guys Named Mo. Mm-hmm. And that is still one of, one, both, like, one of my favorite songs and two, one of my favorite dances that, like, I've ever performed. Yeah, I know. It was so fun. And, um, I mean, I'll never forget our, like, Evanescence um, Bring Me Back to Life, though. That jazz number was... Uh-huh everything we were so angsty 
Yeah, we're like these little like 11 year olds that are just so dramatic. <laughs> I know we had like dark makeup, like all along our eyes. And we're just like thrashing around to Evanescence at Manitoba Provincial Dance Festival, like just yeah. so outrageous. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. And oh gosh, but Karen Luba put out some of like the best dances. Do you remember um, when the older girls uh, wet their hair? Um, and they danced to Aerosmith at the recital. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that until this moment. That was so good. What was that one girl? And she was so good. Oh, I forget her name. Krista Hall. Krista Hall. There it is. She was oh, the best. I wanted to be her when uh-huh. we were little and she was older. Yeah. And yeah, they wet their hair and they had this big dramatic dance to Cry In by Aerosmith. And it was just so like impactful. And I was like, that is what I want to be when I grow up. Yes. I want to be Crystal Hall. <laughs> I want to be Crystal Hall when I grow up. I know. There was, they did some really good dances, I remember. And I remember we used to do, like, maybe not when we were in competitive, but I remember as a kid, we used to do, like, show and tell before recital. So there would be, like, oh, yeah. get together on a night, and everyone would be there, and we would all show our dances. Like before yeah. The oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's so much like pressure and nerves when you actually get to the theater. Right. And when you're little, like Pantages just seems so huge. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, that was a good way to just kind of like get a little practice in a little sneak in performance and then, mm-hmm. and then do the real thing. Um, okay. But then after that, I forget how old we were, but then you switched to kick it right when it like first opened, like you were one of their first Dancers, yeah. right? Yeah, I was there their second year that they were open. So it was still like very new. Um, so it's really nice. Like it was such a small community. Like I was in a class with, I don't know, less than 20, 20 people. And it was like we were just mm-hmm. together for everything. Um, so it was like a really small, like I can't believe it's crazy how much they've grown in the last I I know. Know, 15 years, more than that. I don't it's just I know, like every award, every trophy you could possibly win, it goes to kick it. I know, and they have like three studios now. And you know, back in the day we were like right by the University of Manitoba and just like this small studio. There was only two yeah. studios. It was like quite small and um yeah. yeah. I remember I went so the reason that I went to kick it was my mom thought that I could maybe just like have a bit like more training, like not even mm-hmm. better training, but just like more, like more times mm-hmm. a week. Um, and brother was doing a show at Rainbow Stage. I think he was in yeah. Peter Pan or Wizard of Oz or something. And he was in the show with Rob and Lori. And that's right. how he met them. And then that's like, I went and did their week-long summer camp as like a trial for their competitive program. And then I got mm-hmm. in and then Lori told me years later, she was like, yeah, you were great at summer camp. And then, you know, the first two weeks of actual dance class, I was like, what are we doing with this girl? Like we made a mistake. She should not be in this program. Oh no, that's so funny. Yeah. But it worked out. But that must have been like a year or two after I did Rainbow Stage also with Rob. Lori wasn't in that one, but we did. Joseph, Joseph and the amazing right? tech and Dream Club. And that's when I met Rob for the first time. Yeah. 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 Totally. So yeah. when you went there, I knew who at least he was. And I was like, oh, he's starting his own dance school. Like that's mm-hmm. super cool. Um, and then you danced there like all the way through till high school, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I danced there 
started in grade nine and then I did the year after graduation as well. So five years full time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And were you in dance major in high school too? I forget. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I also tried to do dance major and do like crazy evening and weekend dance classes. And holy crap, my body just fell apart. Like I was Mm. losing toenails. I was getting fizzy all the time. Like how did you not just break down? Oh my goodness. I don't know. Like I definitely think because I had Jen Matelski for ballet at Kick It Mm -hmm. as well as at school. So I think that part of what was my like saving grace is that I was only really learning like one set of exercises. Like I can Um, imagine if I was like learning all these ballet exercises and the bar at school and having to memorize those and memorizing a whole other separate like bar ballet class outside of school. So I think that definitely was probably something that really helped like my brain and my body, like not doing, having a little bit less things to memorize, but I don't know. Yeah, Kate, Rebecca. It's all coming back to me now. And that was exactly my problem was because she, Jen, taught the style that was known as RAD. I don't even know what that stands for. But your head tilts a certain way. Yeah. And RWB, I was at RWB and they taught Chiquetti. So at school, they wanted my head to the left. And Mm -hmm. at RWB, they wanted my head to the right. And I could not get them straight. And I needed to perform well at school because it was like for grades, but I was also training to do like dance exams at RWB. So I needed to memorize my stuff for my exams. Totally. And I remember I would get like so frustrated and I would like roll my eyes and just like be annoyed. And I think Jen just saw how exhausted I was and she wasn't even sure anymore if I was like rolling my eyes at her or just like ballet in general. And like, I didn't know either. And I was just so full up. Yeah, (laughs) totally. I mean, cause and then you, you also like, don't know who to like, I don't want to say trust, but it's like, you're learning all yeah. of this technique at the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And then you're learning all this technique at school. And it's like, there's no right or wrong way for R.A.D. or right. Ketty, but it's like having to juggle those two parts of your brain and your body. Like there's no way to build muscle memory. Right. You know? And I'm taking tap and jazz and doing like performance groups with them and I'm doing point which is like really hard on my feet so like my feet and ankles are just sore and I'm just trying to be a teenager getting through school yeah so (laughs) lots of stuff (laughs) so much stuff okay and then when did you leave home to go on your little dance journey my uh, dance journey yeah so I stayed in Winnipeg for the year after we graduated high school and I did like a semester at University of Winnipeg. I took two classes and I just really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was teaching a kick it and dancing full time and then going to school. And I just hated it, like being in school Whoa. because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So it just felt so pointless. So then when it came to the yeah. winter semester, I was like, I'm just not going to do this. I'm going to take a break. So then I got a job in a restaurant and was just like teaching and working full time. Um, And then Mm -hmm. the year before, when we were in grade 12 at Triple Threat Dance Convention, um, Mm -hmm. I had won their senior scholarship 
which um, gave oh. me like a, a week of training at the Randolph Academy of Performing Arts, which is a performing arts college mm. in Toronto. So I oh. had won this like week where I could go and like sit in on classes and they would give me like a couple private lessons or whatever. Um, so my really good friend, uh, still to this day, Sammy Soloway, she was actually mm-hmm. attending Randolph at the time. So mm. I went, um, I was, I guess, March break for the studio, um, in my gap year to Randolph to do that with her. And my mom was like, well, if you're going to be there anyways, you might as well just audition for the school and like, oh. see if you, you know, see if that's something you'd want to do. So I had to prepare yeah. like a monologue and a song. And then the week before I left, my mom saw in the newspaper that there was another college, the Canadian College of Performing Arts that was coming through mm-hmm. Winnipeg on their audition tour. And they had auditions actually at the RWB. So she was like, well, you already have your song and monologue memorized. You might as well go to that too. So I went to that audition. And that one, that school's in Vancouver though, right? In Victoria. Mm-hmm. Victoria. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Um, I ended up like getting in there and uh, I found out that before I found out about Randolph. And so I was like, well, I might as well go. So yeah. it was like, it's kind of weird to think about now because I don't know if it's something that I ever really had intended on being like, I want a career in the performing arts. It just kind of mm-hmm. like fell into place and kind of ended up that way. Yeah, it felt right in the time, mm-hmm. right? Other things weren't working out and that's what you enjoyed. So you just kind of rolled with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it sounds like your mom was super supportive. Like she wasn't like, no, you need to get a real bachelor I, degree or something, you know? No, I'm so like, my parents are amazing. I'm so grateful because, you know, a lot of uh, people wouldn't be supportive Want to be an that, actress. you know, like. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then did that make it easier to leave Winnipeg or was like, was it still really heartbreaking to leave home? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it was definitely hard. I, um, I was really nervous. Like I hadn't, um, stepped out of my comfort zone like that ever in my life. I'd never been to Victoria. Mm -hmm. I'd never been to BC. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, like, yeah, I was like, it was crazy. So yeah, we landed, my mom flew with me to Victoria for the first time. And I have an aunt that lives just outside of Victoria. So I had some family there, which was really nice. But I remember landing and we were driving into the city and I was just, it's so beautiful there. Like there's like the ocean and mountain. It's so green and it's just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I was like, people live here. Like, what have we been doing living in Winnipeg? Like, so I was definitely, yeah. But I mean, the thing about theater school is like, you have no choice, but to be vulnerable and open. So, you know, Mm -hmm. after three weeks of school, it was like, it was totally fine. Like I had my people. (laughs) You just adjusted. You felt like you got your groove there. Totally. But it was nuts. Like Mm -hmm. I, um, hadn't really done a lot of public transit before I you know was mm-hmm. used to driving myself from like my house to the studio to high school and so to all of a right. sudden be in this new city and living on my own like yeah it was it's so good though yeah. like especially at that age you're learning so much about the world and about yourself mm-hmm. and you're doing it by yourself too so you probably felt like 
maybe overwhelmed at first, but then like a strong, confident woman. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was definitely good to like have that time, um, a way to just kind of like grow into myself and, um, to really be surrounded by like, like-minded people from all across the country as well. Um, I mean, I just, I look back on my college experience, like so fondly. It was, it was really great. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then most recently you were living in Toronto again. So how did you get back there? Yeah. So I finished, I did two and a half years at the college. So I finished like their Mm -hmm. whole program. And then I was kind of debating afterwards where I wanted to live. Like if I wanted, a lot of people go to Vancouver, um, which is kind of the natural step uh, after being in Victoria. And we, you know, had teachers come over from, from Vancouver. So there's connections there, but I just knew a lot of people in like my year and the year above me that had been in Vancouver and just, it just didn't seem like there was really a lot going on. So I just kind of decided like, I'm going to try Toronto. I'm just going to see what happens and, um, and try that out. So I moved there and I didn't know anyone except for like, I don't know, a handful of people mm-hmm. from Winnipeg that had moved there. And, um, yeah, so it was definitely, again, one of those, like, really into the unknown experiences, like, of just my mm-hmm. duffel bag. I'd never been to Toronto except for that week that I went to Randolph. So I didn't know the city at all or no family there or anything. But, I mean, it worked out. Right. Like, um, I made... Yeah, you were doing your like performing thing out there, yeah. right? You got yourself like, an apartment mm-hmm. and this whole life and you were like doing auditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I'm very like grateful. I've, I started working for a company that did tours. So I got to tour Canada three times and I did a whole US tour of the States, which was just like bananas. And then... Oh, that's mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nuts. We did like 85 cities in a hundred days and we lived on a bus. Like it was, it was wild. Oh my gosh. You are a rock yeah, star. It was, I mean, it doesn't feel like it, like when you're doing it, but looking back on it, it was definitely just a one once in a lifetime what, experience for sure. What show were you performing when you were it doing was a that? Kids show called Shopkins. So it's like these little toys that are, you know, children's toys and they made like a live show of it. So I think I knew a girl that did something similar. She danced with me at RWB and then she went on to do, I think the toy castle. If do you remember Mm -hmm. that show? It was on Mm -hmm. Treehouse. Yeah. So that would have been with the same company Um, because the owner or the artistic director of this company, Koba. Um, her name is Patty Caplet, mm-hmm. and she was a principal with the RWB. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Had I stayed in the ballet program that I was in, the intensive training mm-hmm. program, like, I think the next year I would have had her because mm-hmm. she taught, like, the older yeah, girls. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, so you're in Toronto, and you are living the dream, mm-hmm. and then, like, when COVID hit, were you mid show or like cast to start something right away? Yeah. So I had just finished a show. I was, um, in Calgary actually. So I just was in Calgary for four months, um, doing a production at stage West of Mamma Mia. And it was so fun. Like, yeah, 
that music just is my childhood. So it was really fun. No kidding. Um, and so I j- had just come back to Toronto. I'd been there for about three weeks, just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Um, you know, taking class, yeah. finding work, um, a couple auditions and stuff. And then the world shut down. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Which for somebody in your field of work is absolutely devastating mm-hmm. because like, look at what happened. There's, you can't go to the studio and take class. There's no performing. There's no audience anymore. Yeah. And who knows when that's even going to come mm-hmm. back. Uh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I mean, we just have no idea when things will be able to come back. And the thing with performing is that it's all also like contract work. So there's no like mm-hmm. EI, there's no like paid leave or anything. And right. even like for people that had contracts coming up, like a lot of theaters really tried their best to give people like some money at least, but it's just yeah. like all of the stuff that you've worked for and all this momentum that you've built, like is just totally dissipated. Just crashing down right in front of you. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So then, but you were able to collect CERB at first? Yeah. So I, I collected CERB for like the whole summer, basically. Um, and I mean, I obviously wasn't really spending a lot of money. Like I was just paying for my rent No. and, you know, basic bills and food and stuff. Yeah. So it covered all of that, um, which was really nice. And so I stayed in Toronto for six weeks um, after everything mm-hmm. went down. And then I made the decision to come to Winnipeg uh, to stay with my parents for what I thought was going to be like, right. maybe the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the month yeah, or like, two. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be back in Toronto by, you know, August. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was so naive too because, like, in March when this all like really mm-hmm. started, um, I didn't want to go to the office, and I I laugh at myself now because I was just so delusional and so naive. But I was just using my sick time, mm-hmm. like I have like a corporate right. job, so I had a lot of sick time, and I was just calling in sick like for three <laughs> weeks in a row. I'm like, to hell with that! I'm not going to the office. I'll just wait for this to kind of like totally. die off before it's safe and then like it, it, it never, never died off and here we are <laughs> oh my gosh that's crazy um okay so you come back to Winnipeg and then uh lucky for you you were able to get dancing work here because at that time we were a little bit like mm-hmm. better than Toronto was for cases Definitely. and everything um but I'm wondering like that must have been kind of bittersweet because like of course you're grateful to be working and dancing and doing all of that but it's also you didn't choose to live here like you wanted to be out there and getting that experience so it must have been like kind of a bummer yeah, no definitely. like I mean I'm so grateful that we have a great um art scene in Winnipeg like we really mm-hmm. do there's so many talented performers and teachers and um I mean to be able to like work at drop and dance and I was working for the traveling stage, um, here as well over the summer, like was the best because it was something that I was able to do. It got me out of the house. It gave me something else to focus on. Um, but it is different. Like, you know, in my normal everyday life, if I was in Toronto, I'd be, you know, 
going to class four to five times a week. I'd be taking voice lessons with the teacher that I've been going to for a while um, and acting mm-hmm. classes and then auditioning. And my agent is based out of um, Toronto and stuff. So there's some stuff happening in Winnipeg, but obviously not nearly what it is. Right. So it was really nice to like have these things to do, but it definitely felt um, very temporary at like at the time. Right. And again, it's just not what you worked for, right? You didn't do all this. And I mean, you've been doing this since you were like in grade two, Mm -hmm. like you said, right. And then you're doing the Toronto thing. And then for it to come crashing down, like, yeah, of course you're happy. And drop and dance is amazing. And I'm sure you made like so many friends and it was like still Mm -hmm. a really good summer, but just that like bit of ache in your heart where you're like, but this isn't where I wanted to be. Like, I want to be totally. back there. Like, I don't want to live with my parents. Like, I just got all established. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's also the switch of like, I feel like now I'm doing a lot more teaching, whereas opposed to in Toronto, I was doing a lot more mm-hmm. training. So. Right. Oh, yeah. What a difference. It's actually like, you'd think whatever dance is dance, but no, there's a big difference than taking class yeah, and teaching totally. one. So, I mean, I'm, we have online, which has been good. Like, it's definitely I go through yes. waves of like sometimes I'm really into online classes and sometimes I'm like I just cannot make myself do this right now so right you know I, yeah okay so so now we have these restrictions that are extended yet again and so so like have you thought about like are you going to quote unquote retire and just kind of like change your game plan and just like say I guess I live in Winnipeg now or is going back to Toronto still the dream yeah I mean it's like it's like an endless loop in my brain of all the options that I have so I've been looking in to maybe going back to school um maybe like staying here maybe going back to Toronto maybe I want to go to Vancouver like Mm -hmm. it feels like there's almost too many forks in the road and it's like endless opportunity and yet no opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I it's really like- don't know. Like as of right now, I'm sure I, I'm anticipating that I'll stay for the winter and, you know, hopefully this vaccine people can get by like spring, summer, but it is, mm-hmm. it does put um, a little bit of like pressure on the future and, I mean, I was really enjoying where I was in my career and in my life with like, just kind of Mm -hmm. going with the flow and seeing what's happening. And I feel like now there's just a bit more pressure to be like, okay, but how financially stable are you? Do you want to have a family? Do you want to own a Mm -hmm. house? Like, and it's, it's a different thing in Winnipeg than Toronto as well. Like, I just feel like the, the focus is a, a lot more of like stability in Winnipeg, whereas Toronto people are like... I don't know how I'm paying rent tomorrow. And so you're like, okay, great. So I don't feel bad about not having like a five-year plan. Um, So it's definitely just kind of shifted my perspective a little bit on, and I'm trying to work through like, what are my big goals? What are my big values? Like, what is it that I really want? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think we're all going to come out with something different plan for that it's hard to it's hard to plan out your goals when so many things are Mm -hmm. unknown like if you started if you look back at 
January 1st of 2020, like people wanted to travel, people wanted to, you know, be more social or like get in a relationship and all that stuff. And then like with COVID, like you can't totally. do any of that, right? It's just a huge joke. So, like what we wanted to do the most was like the thing that was absolutely yeah. forbidden, um, like connecting. And then, yeah, like now you basically are, I don't want to say starting over, but you almost have this like yeah. blank slate of what you could do. And now it's like paralysis by analysis because you have way mm. too many options. And then if people want to know, well, like, how are you going to support yourself? What about a baby? Is there a ring in your future? And you're just kind of like, also still just surviving a pandemic and totally. processing everything that's happened to you in the past couple of months, like all at once. Like that's it so overwhelming. overwhelming. And there's definitely like days where I'm like, I can handle this. And days where I'm like, I'm going to watch the Hills, you know, like <laughs> where I just can't yeah. um, deal with it. And I mean, I, I am so fortunate that I found my true passion and my like dream job and then that I've been able to do it. Mm -hmm. Like that is incredible. Yeah. And I'm so um, grateful that I've had that like experience. So now finding something else, it's kind of like, what can, what other maybe job or avenue can I go down? That's going to give me that same feeling. Like it's not going to be the same, but what, right. what can I do that will maybe no. give me that same like fulfillment and that same joy. Right. I feel like most people, it's the opposite. Like you would work in the corporate world for 20 years and then quit to go live your dream as being yeah. a traveling yeah. dancer. Right. And like, that's the fairy tale ending. And now you have to like Benjamin Button and I do it know. backwards. Like, what do you mean? I'm oh. going to school for, you know, five years at 28. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I have two serious questions for you and then we'll get into some fun ones. Um, but I want to know, like, so the pressure of like auditions and, um, maybe being like rejected and comparing yourself mm -hmm. to other people because you weren't right for the part or whatever. Did that ever make you, uh, hate dance because it felt like work and it wasn't fun anymore? Did you ever have a moment like that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Like it's definitely not, um, an easy, you, have to yeah, have a thick you definitely have to have a bit of a thick skin and I feel like you have to also have a, a rational brain to like kind of tell you kind of have to tell yourself those mm. things. Like um, when you don't get the job or when something doesn't work mm. out, you kind of have to like tell you, like convince yourself almost like of all the reasons which are true. Like, well, maybe so-and-so is better height or maybe so-and-so mm -hmm. is whatever and mm -hmm. kind of work through it that way. I definitely have had many so times where I've been very frustrated and like fed up with the industry, um, mm -hmm. you know, but I think for me, like dance has been and always will be like my one true love, I think in my life. And so yeah. whenever I have those moments or those times in my career, like I find often if I can just get myself into a really good jazz class, like I just feel mm -hmm. better. And it's just like that emotional release and that physical release. And it can definitely um, just like alleviate a little bit of that pressure for that, you know, hour and a half. Um, 
yeah, it's therapeutic and there's different ways to meditate and dancing is definitely, I think one way to meditate. Right. So that's, that's just like your Mm -hmm. spiritual time for sure. I mean, it's like, I don't know in this, in my industry, you have to do a lot of things that are like, not exactly what you want to do to kind of get to where you, what you want to, to be doing. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. by surrounding myself with people that I love and that like, you know, love me and by fulfilling myself in like, okay, maybe I'm not doing a show where I can be dancing all the time, but at least I can take the ownership of my life and go to a dance class or practice at home or do something, you know? Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And then, so with dance, um, obviously, especially when we were younger, we wore Mm -hmm. bodysuit and tights a lot to class. We're in front of the mirror constantly. Um, did that give you a good relationship with your body or a bad relationship with your body? It's hard to say. Like, I feel like I didn't really think about my body that much until like later on in my life. Um, okay. Not that I remember anyways. I mean, I, and even now, like in the pandemic, it's like, I definitely have good days with my body and bad days. I'm not used to being this sedentary. Mm -hmm. Is that the word? Sedentary. Um, and yeah, so I just feel like at some days my body is like totally unknown to me. And some days I'm like, okay, I got this. Um, but I mm-hmm. mean, it is definitely a, such a weird world to grow up in, in that like showing yeah. off your legs or like don't have panty lines and you're like, yeah, but I'm 13. Like, what, what do you mean? You know? Yeah. So it definitely makes you think about yeah. things in a different way because you're putting yourself on yeah. display in a in a way that would totally. not be normal for like someone who is really into soccer <laughs> or volleyball. Um, yeah. But I mean, right. like, for me, whenever I'm kind of having those like tough moments or those tough days, like I'm just so grateful for all the things that my body allow has allowed and what continues to allow me to do and like yeah maybe I don't have a six-pack right now but I can still do this or or whatever and um yeah and just kind of being a lot kinder to myself I think especially during this pandemic like is so important totally Mm -hmm. totally yeah I never thought about the um, the pantaline thing, actually, I remember I was like 13 or 14 and I was doing, we were prepping for a jazz exam and we were like right about to go into mm-hmm. the room to do our exam. And my teacher pulled me over because she could see my panty lines and yeah. that was just a big no, no. And I'm still navigating this totally. whole period thing. And like mine were pretty heavy and I wasn't comfortable going yeah. without my underwear. And that just freaked me out before I went into my exam. And yeah, I never really noticed. Yeah. Like people playing soccer or hockey, you know, like you're not worried about your panty lines at all. Um, you know, anything like that. Like it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's just like a weird, it's such a weird thing that our, that the sport of dance, um, 
has like also like, yeah, you put on makeup when you do your performance and you do this and you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. You have to look perfect. Your costume has to be perfect. Your face has to be perfect. Yeah. Your clothes have and, to like, be perfect. Added, for yeah. me, my favorite part of like doing a show or doing any sort of, um, performance is actually the rehearsal time. Like I just find that being in the studio is mm-hmm. just my favorite part. And I'm like, just kind of wondering Mm -hmm. now if that has anything to do with like, not having to dress up and not having to have that extra layer of makeup and hair. And it's just so unfortunate for women too. Like, we spend so much more money than guys on all this crap. And it's just, it's a joke. It's dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Boob tape and fake eyelashes. Yeah. In the last show I did, like, it would take me at least minimum half an hour, 45 minutes to like get ready. And you know, all the dudes are just rolling in and just like Mm -hmm. combing their hair. And I was like, Oh, must be nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what dance actually, like we would do so many quick changes Mm -hmm. behind the curtain with literally everybody watching and like, whoever's mom is like helping me put my tights on and her face is just like right next to my butt as I'm getting dressed, you know? So like, in that way, it made me very comfortable if yeah. I ever needed to like change. I'm like, everyone's seen everything already. Like yeah. I've got no secrets here. Um, but then it also made me really good at being mm-hmm. able to like pick myself apart because at every moment, like I've been trained to like, okay, where are your eyes looking? How does your shoulder, how like, do you have tension in your shoulders? How are your wrists? Are you pointing your toes? So I can sit here and tell you like how every part of my body looks right now, because I've just been taught Mm -hmm. to like take myself apart. And I think that has been bad, like growing up and where I get, um, bad relationships Mm -hmm. with my body, like over the years, I'm just so good at picking out like the good and bad, but mostly the bad and how to fix it. Um, but then on the other spectrum, I'm just like, I can just walk around in a bathing suit and not care because everyone's seen everything mm-hmm. already. And like, I'm just super comfortable. It's like, totally yeah, I think it. the thing it's with so dancers weird. is that we're so aware of our bodies, like in every way. So like we just, yeah, yeah. dancers are always, I think, very comfortable usually with being nude and also very comfortable with like sitting and eating on the floor. <laughs> Those are like two things I've noticed about dancing. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny okay so now I have some fun questions just like some of your favorites okay. and these are just for fun um so what is your favorite dance tv um, show um I mean so you think you can dance was everything like back in the day yeah I, I knew you like, were gonna say that the dances, and I'd watch the same ones like over and over again and yeah it was so good. I haven't watched it like in a long time, but back in the day, it was amazing. It was everything. Yeah. Well, and it came out yeah. right during like our prime of getting super into dance. So that totally. was like something to strive for too. Um, and then what is your favorite dance movie? Uh, Step Up, I think. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. I love that one too, but I I have to say center stage. I I watched center stage during the pandemic on like a bad day and it was so nice. It made me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, um, was your favorite like workshop or guest teacher? Like a, like a Mm. one-time class that you ever took? Oh my goodness. I think like 
there's been, I, I go to the studio um, in Toronto called Metro Movement a lot. And it's kind of like my second home in Toronto. And I can't pinpoint exactly like who was the teacher, mm-hmm. but there's just been like classes that stand out when it's like the room is packed. The mirrors are foggy and everyone's having a good time and everyone's just yeah. so sweaty. And like, though, to me, like any teacher that can kind of get that, out of a room of people is like is worth every penny yeah but I'm gonna make you really jealous um because okay so two years ago Justin Timberlake came here for a concert and his backup dancers taught a workshop that I went to and one not only was that epic but two one of the guys was Ivan who Shut was on up. so you okay, think you can so dance speaking like my favorite dance from so you think you can dance ever is Allison and Ivan doing contemporary to why by Annie Lennox yeah yeah so i took his class and he, he it was a, it was like yes. the the sweaty mirror like it was just full like yes. other people are coming in to watch That's like it was so nice yeah wow. yeah Okay, what is your favorite venue that you've ever performed in? Um, probably the most, like, impressive one was I uh, performed in the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, which is where they do, like, the wow. Oscars. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was for the shop. Was that for tour. the tour you went on? It was nuts. Like, it's so massive. <gasps> it's right on Hollywood Boulevard. And, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. That is incredible. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite wardrobe (laughs) malfunction story? Um, I mean, I had one when we were doing, when I was doing Mamma Mia, my last show and it's not like that bad, but it was just very funny. Um, and we were in, I think it was, I didn't even think that we were, it was maybe during previews or like our last dress rehearsal. And we were doing Gimme Gimme, uh, A Man After Midnight, ABBA. And it was, like, this club scene. And I was wearing this beautiful, like, sequins silver dress. And they had given me red accessories. So I had, like, earrings and a necklace and this bracelet. And I was like, this bracelet is loose. Like, I don't know how this is going to go. But I was, like, dancing, dancing, dancing. And then I, like, did a point, like, a very aggressive, like, point in the choreography. And the bracelet just, like like right Mm -hmm. off like right into the wings and it was just like a couple other people saw it so it was just one of those moments where just like you're trying so hard not to laugh on stage but I've been very fortunate I haven't had any like Janet Jackson um moments I know I thought there would be so many more like uh yeah I've been doing shows like over the years too and like I thought I thought there would have been something definitely a boob but I've been okay. It's kind of funny, but it is, it is true when you're trying to be sexy and serious and then you just want to burst out laughing so bad, but you have to hold it in like, and stay in character. Yeah. It's, and it's the most difficult moments. thing like, in the world. I'm full instigator on stage of like, I'm going to make you laugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we always <laughs> used to say like dance friends are best friends, but I really feel like that is the case, especially when you, me, and Arista got mm-hmm. back together in class. Like, it's so nice to have 
the three of us like start dancing grade five and then be 28 and like still dancing and we're still friends and we still just like something as silly as just dancing can bring three yeah. people together for so many years totally. and like we all still love it just as much yeah and I think like that's powerful like, the thing with yeah. dancers like even if you don't do it professionally or take it further than like your last class in grade 12 or whatever you decide to let it go like you will always be a dancer no matter what mm-hmm. even if you haven't done it a done a class mm-hmm. in years like mm-hmm. there's always there's something that is like bred within us I guess that just like never goes away yeah mm-hmm. No, I could never picture just yeah. quitting well, altogether and, like, and never doing it so again. It's so interesting because it's something that everybody does. Like everybody in the world dances, you know, in some ways. In some way, whether it's in your kitchen. Yeah, like every Yeah, or at a wedding. Life, yeah. At, at some point. And I think the reason that happens is because mm-hmm. it just brings you joy. Like, and um, I mean, for people that t- train – um, like that joy just kind of like continues to grow, hopefully, and like gets expressed and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's contagious. If I see somebody else, like even just on like an Instagram video, like dancing their heart out and people are cheering, I'm like, man, I need to get back totally. in the studio. I need some I of that. Like I crave it, you know, no surprise that, you know, yeah. TikTok and these like internet dances have blown up the way they are. I think everybody wants to dance. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a freeway Mm -hmm. and you get to choose your own style. Mm -hmm. Right. I never thought of that. That's genius. Well, I think all of our dance friends are going to love this episode. I really hope that on, okay, when did the extent, when did this extend till January 8th? So I hope January 9th, (gasps) I see you back in the studio and we can do some sexy late night Christina Aguilera dance moves again. Like I am so inspired to dance right now and I freaking can't and it's eating me up. So I really hope we get to like just dance and maybe perform again one day, even if it's Mm -hmm. like a restricted audience size or something. But yeah, I think we could all use some of that right now. I'm much looking forward to it. It was a pleasure to talk to you and I hope you just enjoy Christmas and don't feel any pressure to like get pregnant or get a real job oh or God. anything. Well, I mean, thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice to kind of reflect on all this and um, yeah, I'm like, maybe I'll go stretch now or like something. Okay. Well, I will talk to you soon and thanks again for doing this. Merry and Christmas. Uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Okay. You too. Okay. I'll talk to you later.